the pitch. Oliver wants to throw. He's got Lance Carl open. Caught. 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The Buffaloes at four on a 53-yard pass from O.C. Oliver to Lance Carl. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has room. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. to a new Buff Stampede Radio. Adam Munster Tiger, the publisher of the site, here with fan correspondent Tyler Ziskin today. We've got a special show for you today. Tyler, how are you doing? Not too bad. That intro hits a little bit different uh, <laughs> with everything that's been going on lately. So it was nice to yeah, try to keep um, it a little bit old back. school there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Tyler, what's what's the latest at the Lake Street Tavern? I know you guys enough. shut down for a little bit. Now you're opening up on the weekends. How is that going for you guys? Yeah, last weekend was the first week, weekend re- we reopened. Um, you know, it'll be slow to start. Things will pick up as people realize we're going to be consistently open on the weekends. So, I mean, you know, it is what it is. Is it going to save the business being open three days a week? No, obviously not. But we're doing the best we can with the situation that we're in. And, you know, it, there's you can't really mope about it. Everybody's in the same boat. And it's going to be a tough times for everyone. And you just got to hope that everything comes together and that we – I'll get through this on the other side. Uh, it's going to be tough. I mean, we I've been talking for a long time about how the industry was in trouble anyway, so this is kind of just making things a little more escalated. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. We're working hard, and we'll, uh, we'll keep the train running as long as we can. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. Well, yeah, we uh, we all hope that uh, anybody in the Denver area can, can get out to support you guys and do whatever they can at this point. And, uh, obviously, uh, you guys are the heartbeat uh, in terms of sports bars down in Denver, so uh, we're we're all rooting for you. Uh, you uh, put a lot of energy into your March Madness spreadsheet every year, and you've kind of transitioned that yeah. over to to coronavirus uh, research. What what prompted you to to do that? Was it just kind of itching a scratch you had? Yeah, I mean, it's it just kind of played to my sense of tra- you know I like to look at data, um, and obviously the bracketology thing died a little bit early this year obviously this is a little bit more somber of a you know gathering of facts I guess you could say what you'd like obviously you want to be talking about something different but I just knew that especially at the beginning of this there wasn't a lot of quality places to get data that I think were that I think was interesting and important all in one place Um, especially for Colorado they've since come up with quite a few sites that I would definitely recommend Um, and i link those often but yeah I just I was just trying to make a simple place for people to be able to acquire facts I guess just like stuff that's out there in the world about what's going on with this because there's a lot of misinformation on both sides and I just wanted to provide as much data in one place for you know to simplify things for people and so far the response has been positive even though it's not exactly the most exciting topic and then you get to go into some of your, your Twitter feuds as well, which uh, I think yeah. uh, is, is, is always one of those moments when you want to go to the kitchen and get some popcorn ready. <laughs> Glad to be of service. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I mean, no matter your financial situation, everybody has been affected by this. Yeah. No matter what, Bill can't live your normal life right now. So hopefully this podcast can, can serve as a little bit of a distraction here. We're going to touch on a few topics that have happened with CU football and basketball since our last show last week. And then Tyler and I are going to draft our spring game teams 
we uh, are then going to throw it out to fans to see who they think would win the spring game. And so it'll be a fun little contest. We did the Mike McIntyre era draft, and that was fun. This will be even more fun, I think, just with having current buffs that we're going to go down the list and draft. And so that'll be fun. But just kind of leading off here, Aziz Shatu was a really good player at Stanford, played for the Philadelphia Eagles under Chris Wilson for some years. He has joined the, the Colorado football staff as a graduate assistant. B.J. Johnson, uh, he played receiver at Georgia Southern, uh, and part of that time Tyson Summers was his head coach there. He had a, a cup of coffee with the San Francisco 49ers, and he's actually going to come on board to work with the Buffs safeties under Brett Maxey. And then Jason Grossman, a uh, wide receiver from Akron, uh, is set to work under Chev and, and help with the receivers at CU. So even during this time, they're able to kind of fill in a few gaps here on, on the, the coaching staff. And it, it's almost full at this point. Where, anything stand out about those guys to you, Tyler? Uh, I just think it's nice to have experience in the NFL, um, even if it is, as you said, a cup of coffee. Um, you know, especially with Shitu, he's a guy that – you know, his well-known name in the Pac-12 um, was, as you mentioned, a big-time player at Stanford. Um, I think that, you know, lends credibility to the staff. And these are guys that are getting more or less their first opportunity in coaching circles. So I don't know if you could say it's going to make a dramatic impact on the team in the next couple of years, per se. But you do want to continue to show that you're getting quality guys with interest in coaching. Um that are coming into the program year in and year out. Yeah, no doubt. They, those graduate assistants obviously move through pretty quick, but uh, they, they can make a pretty big impact, especially from just uh, relating to the player standpoint. Uh, obviously, X's and O's are kind of following the lead of the position coach, the coordinators, and the head coach, obviously. But uh, they, they do have a big role in that locker room, and so having a couple guys that have played in the NFL, that can't hurt. In terms of recruiting, the Buffs reoffered wide receiver commit Chase Penry, uh, and he had a really long conversation with Carl Durrell, and, and Carl Durrell, with his background coaching receivers, made him feel really good about kind of getting that stamp of approval. And so Caden Dudley and Braylon Nelson are no longer on the commitment list, but Penry's on there. So I know there were some people that, that kind of questioned Penry when he came on as a commit. Does this change your thought, it, thought process at all in terms of him getting the stamp of approval from another head coach and one that has a lot of experience coaching receivers? Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess it has to because – now you got Shebarini, a guy who obviously has a ton of pedigree on this field, and then Durrell as well. So um, he's a guy – I haven't really seen much of Penry yet. I was one of those people that was like – I don't know if question is the right way, but I didn't really see anything that stood out on film. But we'll get a chance to watch him live, and that will really change the picture for me. So always like to get out there and view a person with your own eyes before you get too crazy with your predictions. And what are, what are your expectations for the fall? There's a lot of people that are putting out predictions in terms of when, how, if a college football season will take place. Even Chris Fowler brought up the idea of maybe a season in the spring. Are you tempering your expectations, or do you think there's a chance that we have uninterrupted college football season this fall? Yeah, I mean, I think this will be no surprise. I think I'm well known for tempering my expectations. Um I would be shocked if the football season goes as is for now. Um, I, I would, I guess I would also be shocked if they didn't do it at all. Um, so I think they'll find a way, even if it's in a different time frame, to get it done. I just can't see it being done on time and as, you know, in, in the same way as we typically see college football um, year in and year out, whether that's no fans or they move the games to specific locations or they do it later in the year. I don't know enough to say. Um, a lot of it will depend on how the next two months go, for sure. Um, it'll depend on if we reopen the country, um, how successful we are in keeping the virus at bay during that stretch of time um, as well. So there's a lot yet to still be determined. Um, but, yeah, I think at this point I'd be surprised if if uh, college football happened from, set, you know, from uh, late August until January, as we're used to seeing. Are you as starved for sports as I am? I tuned in to ESPN's coverage of the horse competition on Sunday, like I and I waited all day for that. And the the production quality lacked a little bit there, but it gave me a little bit of a fix. So did did you tune into that? No, I did not. Um, yeah, it's, <laughs> okay. it's kind of interesting. It just depends on the day. Sometimes it's nice to get away from the stress and the drama that comes with sports, um, but also. 
I miss it. You know, there's no doubt that I miss it. It's important, especially college basketball for me. That was a tough blow. Um, I've been starting to miss baseball because we're getting into that time of the season now where, uh, you know, the weather gets nicer and you just want to go out to a game. And I'm, I'm sure football, if that happens, will be extremely tough as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just depends a little bit day by day how I feel about it. But yeah, there's no doubt. Um, I, I miss a lot of the stuff surrounding that sports culture. Well, I can say my man, Paul Pierce is, uh, definitely lost some athleticism since he stopped playing. He got owned by Zach Levine there on the, on the court, but, uh, Let's uh, finish with some basketball notes here. April 15th is no longer tax day, although I didn't do my taxes today to just get that done with. But uh, July 15th, I think, is now the date for that. But it was the date that college basketball players could sign with a college for the first time. And I believe it's just a financial aid agreement, which isn't binding for the player, but it at least allows the school to put it out there and kind of announce their signing. Jariah Horn is obviously transferring in from Tulsa. We've done a couple stories on him. Jabari Walker, a versatile forward from Arizona, has signed. And then Tristan De Silva, the younger brother of the Stanford star, signs with the Buffs as well from Germany. Not as much known about him, but I guess you found some footage of De Silva online? Yeah, there's, so there's two YouTube videos. I've seen one that's definitely shorter. I found another one that's um, definitely a longer mixtape. It's still, you know, it's, who knows what the competition is like. He's younger in it. It's from two years ago. So it's hard to really say what exactly we're getting. I mean, just looking at the film, to me, he's a guy who de- he's got some size for sure and a good, solid playmaking ability with that size. A guy who on film definitely has uh, a, quite a few high-level passes, I guess I would say. Um, shows a good vision for the floor. Um, shoots the ball pretty well. More of a mid-range guy. He does shoot it a little bit from three, but athleticism-wise, there's probably a little bit more that you'd like to see, but a lot of that comes with growing up, too. So it's 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 hard to really get anything super obvious outside of the video, but might just be worth for people to check out. Yeah, none, none of these three guys individually by themselves are going to replace what Tyler Bay brought to the program, but as a group, assuming that McKinley Wright comes back, where would your expectations, knowing that, you know, you've got Dominic Clifford coming in as well, Luke O'Brien as well, and then Keyshawn Bartholomew to join McKinley right in the backcourt. And if he's as good as we expect, that kind of fills one of the biggest voids that you had at that number two spot in the backcourt this year. Uh, what, what would be kind of your expectations for the team? Or is it kind of hard to say at this point? Yeah, I think there's still a lot yet to be determined. Um especially since the Pac-12, I mean, in recent days, has obviously put together some pretty impressive lands. Uh, a couple five-stars coming into the coming in, one to Stanford, one to ASU. Uh, UCLA is going to be very good as well next year, So and Oregon as well. Um, I think the league uh, was a little bit underrated this year, definitely improved over the last few, and I, say, I expect the league to once again take another jump up next year. So it's going to be a deep league, which makes things more difficult. But I think in terms of what you see from Colorado, you kind of pointed it out. Dom Clifford and Keyshawn Bartholomew are both going to be able to provide that either backup point guard or number two shooting guard duties. I think our shooting guard position was easily the biggest flaw on the team last year. And we have two guys who can come in and play right away, hopefully. And that will alleviate that issue. So guard play is usually what makes the engine run in college basketball. So the better the guards, the more likely you'll see this team have success. Um, I think offensively will be improved next year for sure. But I think also on the defensive side of the ball, we were pretty elite last year and you would have to expect that to take a step back without Tyler. Awesome. You ready to jump into the spring game draft? Yeah, let's do it. So I pulled up on Google heads or tails here. I'm going to have you call it before I spin the virtual coin. <laughs> okay, sounds good. <laughs> I'm going to go with tails. And it is spinning. It is heads. So, Cephalufa okay. was wrong. Tails sometimes <laughs> fails. <laughs> yep, um, roughly 50% of the I'm time. Gonna I'm going to defer. I'm going to pass, and I'll, I'll let you pick first, Tyler. And uh, right, we'll kind of go back first. and forth. We don't need to do snake draft with two people. But we're going to draft one quarterback, two running backs, three receivers, five offensive linemen, four defensive linemen, two outside linebackers, two inside linebackers, two cornerbacks, and two safeties. So 
12 on each side of the ball. We're going to have a backup running back, uh, you know, one of those positions you rotate quite a bit, and then one extra guy on the defensive line with a 3-4 base scheme. Obviously, uh, I don't think we're going to see a spring game, so maybe this can be kind of a you know, fun exercise for Colorado fans to kind of analyze our teams and pick who they think would win. I am interested to, to kind of find out what your draft strategy is. I, I've got my, my draft board here in front of me. You have the number one pick, Tyler. I'm, I'm going to let you go first. Thank you. Uh, I will take Nate Landman. That's a solid choice, and he was number one on my draft board, so maybe I should have kept that number one pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. I would like somebody who has more tech savvy than me should uh, try to uh, – everyone's doing all the sims. Everyone should try to sim this matchup afterwards and see how it comes out. <laughs> that would be awesome, yeah. Obviously, Nate Lamb and a great leader. Uh, just what, what made him jump to the top of the list for you? Um, I just think the the impact that he has on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, he, he can impact the game in so many ways. Um, you can see as, you know, obviously beginning of last year, he struggled a little bit getting used to the new scheme. But as he got more and more comfortable, he went back to that same Nate Lamb than we expect, uh, just really impacting games. So, to me, he's kind of the quarterback of the defense Um one of the more reliable guys on the team. What's interesting is I'm going to keep my draft board, and when we do our top 40 bus countdown at some point, hopefully here in the future, I'm curious kind of how that lines up because I, I think there's a strategy that does have to go into this with certain positions where you're okay not getting the number one guy. But at inside linebacker, I love the choice there, Nate Landon. For my number one pick, I'm going to stay on the defensive side of the ball, and I know he had some ankle issues last year, wasn't 100% himself, but – we're going to get to the Mustafa Johnson back that we saw out there two years ago in 2018 when he was healthy, and he's going to be a you know a stud up front for me on the defensive line. Yeah, nah, he was my number two guy um, as well, so no real surprise there for him to come off the board, I would think. So you, you're not going to go third. You want me? You want to go back to me now? Yeah, I just think with just two people doing snake draft style is kind of silly. So yeah, go ahead, take your uh, your second selection, third overall here. All right, third overall, I'm going to go with Jalen Sammy. Jalen Sammy, okay. He's going to the D-line. Now, this might surprise some people. He was as good as you could have expected last year as a redshirt freshman after not playing football for a few years. Obviously, he gray-shirted and then had the knee injury and redshirted and was definitely quietly one of the best players on the team last year. And his his play on special teams uh, was it the Washington game I think where he made the touchdown saving tackle as the punt returner was come up the field was one of the big plays so uh, kind of kind of walk me through your decision here he was a little bit lower on my my draft board yeah I think again if you just said strictly who's the most talented guys on the team he probably wouldn't have been third for me but I think the big issue with his position is without him on the field the talent level drops down quite a bit. And it's not even really necessarily the talent level. It's just the overall size. So to me, if you're going to have a nose and you don't have Sammy, it starts to look a little bit different on the defensive line. Okay. And I should say that the only guys that are eligible for this are guys that were on campus. So the high school early enrollees, Brennan Lewis is on the draft board here. Any of the transfers that came in this spring. And the reason for that is we're kind of drafting what we would want to put out there on the field had coronavirus not interrupted our lives in, in college football, and they had an actual spring game. So following along with that, my second pick, number four overall, might catch a few people by surprise, but it's going to be Brady Russell. I feel like he's going to be the one tight end I can really count to on this team and be a guy that, uh, again, we don't quite know 100% of what this offense is going to look like, but you saw with Taylor, em- Taylor Embry making an emphasis to bring in three walk-on transfers at the position. They do plan to use that position, so uh, I feel – Good about adding him, even though, again, he might not be the fourth most overall player in terms of talent on the entire roster. Yep, I actually agree with you. I have him pretty high on my board for kind of the exact same reason. Uh, in terms of other guys available at the position, he's clearly the guy you want there. So, no no doubt I agree with you for the most part on that one. So, number five for me is William Sherman. I like it. My yeah. third overall said on our last podcast, if you're talking about guys that are most likely to be preseason all-conference this coming year, he might be at the top Mm -hmm. of the list. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think a guy who has a ton of talent, a lot of NFL potential possibly, 
Um, he's obviously the anchor of your offensive line. And to me, I talk about this all the time. The lines set the tone for the um, level of success your team has. So to me, I've got, you know, I've got a, de- you know, a defensive lineman and a, now an offensive lineman to kind of get things started for me on both sides of the ball. I'm going to go back to the defensive line. Did a good job with Jalen Sammy getting some stoutness in the trenches. I'm going to get some explosiveness and some potential in the in the trenches. A guy that really seemed to make another step last season. I'm going to take Terrence Lang to pair with Mustafa Johnson on my defensive line. Yep, there you go. And then you've got you've got the two bookends, so different strategies, yep. but definitely definitely guys you would have liked to you know ideally you would want to have one of those two guys. So you definitely took care of some work there for me. All right, so as we move on down the list here, um, i got to get myself a pass rusher, so I'm going to take Carson Wells. Good pick. He was next on my list here. I, You know, people were wondering why he wasn't quite building off of the end of his redshirt freshman season, and we find out that he had plantar fasciitis. The key with Carson Wells is just health. I mean, he, I think, when he's healthy, he's probably a, a top-10 player on this team, so I like that pick right there, and you know, yeah, Jason Harris is coming in, but he's not eligible for this. And, and we got to see him put pads on before we anoint him the next great pass rusher. I like that choice. What, what kind of went into your, your thought on Carson <laughs> Wells there? Uh, kind of the same thing. At his position, he's pretty much the only experienced and or productive player that we've seen so far of the options. Um, there's a couple guys coming in, but out, out of the options below him, to me, he's pretty clearly well ahead of everybody else that's available. Awesome. With my fourth pick, I'm going to go again to a position that doesn't have a ton of depth, and I'm going to take Darian Rakestraw, uh, another player that I think uh, made big strides, kind of like Terrence Lang last year. That he was, uh, you know, question mark going into the year, but you know there were some big moments and some big games. Arizona State. I don't know if they win that game without him stepping up with an interception and a great uh, short yardage tackle there. So I'm, I'm excited to have Darian on my my spring game team here. All right. So for me, I'm going to continue to shore up my offensive line. I'm going to take Colby Purcell. Okay. With my next Colby pick. Purcell. All right. And I'm going to stick at safety, and I'm going to try to steal another guy here. Mark Perry came on late last year in that star role. They started using him in blitz packages, and he kind of started to emerge late in the season. And uh, I think the sky's the limit for him. So I like my my, my defensive back field here the the guys on the back end of that secondary yep you definitely i mean i know who i'm taking at safety now so i don't even have to worry about it i guess um (laughs) and good luck with that by the way tyler okay well i mean to be honest with you i don't love any of the four so so i agree that you have the two best but for now um I mean, it's it's a position that we were concerned about going in, and you clearly have the two best. I actually had Perry as my number one safety. Um, but, yeah, I mean, at this point, who know, who knows where we're going to get out of the safety position. But, yes, I think there will be no doubts you have the, the best safety tandem available. All right, so my next Now pick I just got to find a way to protect Jones. my quarterback. Yeah, my, my next pick is going to be Akeel Jones. Okay. So you're going – I've got the top two safeties, a couple good D linemen. You've got now a good start to your offensive line, a good pass rusher, and a couple – I mean, linebackers looking pretty solid for you. I'm, def, I'm definitely yeah. going to give you props there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, All right. I would say I, I have what I would say is my top three linebackers. Well, congratulations there. I am going to add a little flash to my a little flair to my team here. He he dipped his toes in the NFL draft waters, uh, didn't hire an agent, and then kind of backtracked. And he's coming back for his senior year, and I'm I'm happy to hear it because I'm glad that he's going to be I think the first person in his family to get a college degree. So Katie Nixon is coming off the board, and uh, again a little the the, the first uh, flash type guy that I have on my team, I think. Yep. Yeah, and you're kind of on the same boat as me here. I actually have Dimitri Stanley ranked my number one wide receiver, and I was about to take him as well. So Dimitri Stanley is going to come off the board for me right now, too. Okay. He was next on my board, so if you had not taken him there, he would have gone to to my squad here. Do you want to be black or gold squad? Do you have a preference there? 
I'll be black. How okay. about that? Cool. All right, the Gold Squad then is looking to add a little bit more offensive firepower, and I'm going to take the number one tailback from the 2019 season, Alex Fontenot. Welcome aboard. Yep. Come on, man. Fontenot's, Fontenot's my boy. All right. We're, well, so, you're yeah. going to be cheering yeah, against him we're, now. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, we're uh, we're on the same level right now because I was about to take one as well. So I'll take Jaron Mangum. Okay. And follow up with you on that. All right, Jaron Mangum. He just did a social media post yesterday. Uh, They're talking about Midwest buffs, and and uh, he was walking around his property there, uh, talking about yeah how uh, much. I, I think there was uh, some probably. question with his body language at times last year that you maybe thought he might be a guy that could potentially yeah. transfer, but he's, he sure seemed all in on that video. Yeah, he definitely, there was definitely some talk of that for a while. So I'm happy to see him come back because I do think he's going to be an important part of this team. Um, I would also say that, you know, he's, I saw that on pro football focus that Fontenot and Mangum were the two highest rated returning running backs in the Pac-12, which is a little bit of a surprise. So that's kind of cool. Wow. Okay. All right. I'm kind of torn on this next pick. I've got two guys here, but I just can't neglect this offensive line much longer. And this might catch a few people by surprise, but for a spring game especially, I, I like bringing Frank Phillip aboard because I'm going to need uh, a tackle here. So I'm going to bring Frank Phillip on board as my first offensive lineman. Okay. Sounds good. I'm going to take Maurice Bell. Okay. My second wide receiver. What made him jump off the page? Uh, it looks like he was number three receiver on your board. Yeah. Um, to me, he's he's just more, more complete than the other options. I mean, obviously, I've been a big supporter of one of the other wide receivers still left on the board throughout time, but he just hasn't gotten a lot of PT. I just see him stepping up into a more prominent role this year. All right. I had a slightly above Marie spell on my board. My next pick and that's going to be Daniel Arias as another receiver to go with KD Nixon. So I've got uh, some explosiveness, and now I've got some size at that position with Daniel Arias joining the mix. Yep. Okay. Let's see. Got to gotta do a little recap of where I'm at here, so give me just a second. You have running back Jaron Mangum, receivers Dimitri Stanley and Maurice Bell, offensive lineman William Sherman, Colby Purcell, nose tackle Jalen Sammy, outside linebacker Carson Wells, an inside linebackers, Nate Lamon and Akil Jones. And to recap my squad so far, the gold squad is running back Alex Fontenot, receivers Katie Nixon and Daniel Arias, tight end Brady Russell, offensive tackle Frank Phillip, defense alignment Mustafa Johnson, Terrence Lang, and safeties Darian Rakestraw and Mark Perry. Yep. All right. So probably a little bit of a surprising pick for myself here, but I do, especially with you having the safeties, think I need to get what I have is my number one ranked cornerback, so I'm going to take Chris Miller. Chris Miller, good pick there. Okay. Injuries yeah. have uh, plagued yeah, his career. Interesting. He's been healthy. Well, he's well, got... healthy. Healthy, I think he's clearly the best corner on the team. I would say, though, this is an interesting position, and I'm curious if you agree. I feel pretty – I don't know. I, I feel like all four of the guys that I have on the top of my board are all pretty solid, so – I won't be disappointed with how any of those end up, I don't think. Awesome. Well, I am looking at my board here, and this is going to be a tough choice. Uh, I'm going to go with a guy that was really good in the weight room this winter and maybe a little underappreciated last year but just because he didn't come in with a lot of hype. They're Terry Cush on my offensive line. I like the blue-collar mentality, the strength, and the grit that he's going to add to my offensive line group. Yep, yeah, I think that's a solid choice, a guy who's improved over his time here for sure. And, again, you're right right around in the same area of what I'm trying to do, so I'm going to take Casey Roddick. Okay. You are putting together a pretty good offensive line here. Okay, so he's off the board, he's off the board. Another young defensive back that I really like the progression from last season He's got a little swagger to him. I'm going to go with K.J. Trujillo as my first cornerback pick. Yep. 
uh, he's a, he is who I had at number two as well. So I'm with you there. Okay, so next up for me, I'm going to take Levante Chenault. Okay. Levante coming off the board. Is it the Chenault name that you hope gets you some votes, or do you just like what you've heard um, about yeah. his potential? Being, know, a, being a different type of receiver than his older brother, obviously. Yeah, I think that's part of it. But, yeah, I do think he's a guy who has a chance to have um, a ton of upside on this team, and I'm curious to see how he looks when we bring him out there. But, yeah, um, I had of my top six, the sixth one for me was pretty far down the list, so I wanted to get, I wanted to go with this to make I, – I feel like that's a good depth piece for me. Good stuff. Okay, my next pick is going to be a newcomer to the roster – but a guy that I think will be able to add some pass rush, maybe not quite as proven as your outside linebacker pick, but Guy Thomas, come aboard as my outside linebacker. All right. You don't sound too impressed with that pick, Tyler. Oh, no. I just those, – those, <laughs> I feel like the rest of the guys that are available at that outside linebacker position are really hard to rank. We haven't seen a ton out of any of those guys, so – it's it didn't surprise me any. Um, well, yeah, you just got to try to figure out where it's going to go. I was actually just looking at my team and trying to figure out what I'm going to do here. So, I think next up for me is going to be. Let's see, tough choices here. I think I'm going to take Dion Smith. Deion Smith, okay, you've got your backup running back on board there. How are yep. you going to allocate these carries? Is it going to be 50-50, or does Jaron get a bulk of them here? Yeah, yeah, Mangum will definitely get a bulk. I like the combination of the two, obviously. Mangum's a bigger guy. Deion's more of a scat back. Um, and, again, the fourth, the, the last option available for me on the board was a guy that I don't really have a ton of interest in, especially with Mangum already in tow. So I wanted to make sure I got that third back. All right, I'm going to add to my talented defensive line group here. That can be my nose tackle pick because I think I can wait on that now that you've got Sammy. Uh, I'm going to go with Naeem Rodman, who played the most of all those new defensive linemen last year, and I expect him to make another jump given that he's got that experience now. Yep. Yeah, that's a good pick. That was actually going to be who I took next. Um, So to me, I will follow up and take Austin Williams. You're just taking all the size up front, huh? That's right, man. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. The, that next young crop of defensive linemen is all like kind of jumbled up together for me, and there's a lot of good solid options there for sure. All right. My next pick is going to be an offensive lineman that was highly regarded coming out of high school and dealt with injuries and then got his feet wet last year. Cannon Ray is going to join my offensive line group with Frank Phillip and Kerry Kush. Cool. And I'll follow that up by taking, let's see here. Yeah, I'll take Tariq Luckett. Tariq Luckett, okay. And are you going to place him at cornerback, I would imagine? Yeah. Yeah, he's going to be my second corner. Okay. I like his swagger, and he's uh, definitely showed some things with having Limited experience as a defensive back last year. Right, yeah. Dramatically improved, I thought, by the end of last year. Kind of a surprise for me. One of the most surprising uh, results on the team was how he was playing down the stretch of the season. Give me Jonathan Van Deest as an inside linebacker. He is uh, – I know you've got your inside backers, but we got to start filling in some of these gaps. And I've seen on social media he's been pushing cars around. So I feel that factors <laughs> in what these guys are doing during quarantine because – this is kind of a theoretical head they played a spring game, but in all seriousness, I like where he's going to come back because he's going to be one of the guys that has worked out the most during this whole stretch. Yep. Yeah, there's no doubt. He's a guy that you definitely want to root for that kid, and he's hopefully he continues to stay healthy. Um, for me, I'm going to go back to the defensive line. I have Justin Jackson coming off the board. Justin Jackson, okay. Turn down some other late power five options to transfer into the buffs. This next pick is going to surprise some people. We've had a a little bit of 
differences in the past, and he actually blocks me on Twitter. But I'm not going to hold that against him. And I'm actually <laughs> going to take a walk on here, Tyler, believe it or not. Dante Spiraco is about to be a spring game star for the, the Gold Squad. All right. All like those optimism. scout team awards last year, I mean, he's, he's got to get a whole nother play case for all those Why awards. Why does Dante Spiraco block you on Twitter, of all people? I was a little critical when he left CU. Just, again, it wasn't anything personal. Oh, what a surprise. Just, hey, when you've gone to that many schools in that, in that few amount of years, uh, I think that's open to criticism, and we saw him come back, obviously. I would, I would have to agree. All right, how many – we're taking four defensive linemen? Yeah. That's the only spot on okay, defense, cool. and then running back is the only spot on offense where we're going to have uh, a little bit of depth. Okay. Sounds good. All right, I got to see what I still have available here. All right, I'm going to take Austin Johnson. Austin Johnson, okay. A good pick. He yep. quietly has developed a new good player. He's been working some at center as well, and uh, Colby Purcell was going to be injured at the start of the spring ball this year, so you would have seen Austin Williams, or I'm sorry, Austin Johnson get a lot of reps out there, so I, I like that pick. Is it the nickname Big Salsa? Anything else that it prompted him to uh, be a selection no, he, for you? You kind of, you kind of brought it up. He's a versatile guy, um, a guy who we liked a lot coming out of high school um, when we went and watched him at Islands Ranch. But he was kind of undersized at the time. It's interesting how he's kind of developed. People thought he was kind of a tweener tackle, and he's kind of slid his way inside a little bit more throughout time. But he was a guy that was pretty high up on the depth chart last year, and with a couple injuries, probably would have played. So. Obviously, it's not depth because I need five guys, but I do like the versatility he shows. All right. My next pick is going to be a true freshman. I I believe – I don't think any true freshman have gotten selected yet. Have they? I don't think so. Nope, don't think so. Jake Ray, who should have been a blue chip recruit, for some reason got downgraded. A lot of options throughout the, the recruiting process was – at one point, an Ohio State commit played on the big stage there in Georgia, and yeah, I get that uh, any true freshman offensive line is going to have a lot to work on. But I'm going to put him at right tackle, and, and I'm going to give uh, uh, him some experience here on the Gold Squad this spring. And I think people are going to be anxious to see how he fares out there. Yep, I think that's fair. All right, so next up for me, we're finally getting a quarterback off the board, and it's going to be Brendan Lewis. Interesting. Okay. Yep. Obviously, yeah, the reason we have not been the quarterback guy. is not because that position is not important. What was it between Tyler Lytle and Brennan Lewis that made you go with the true freshman? I think it's razor thin, honestly. Um, I, I, we're, we both obviously took the same approach here and that you're going to be happy with either guy, which I think is certainly fair. Um, I would just say Brennan Lewis, in terms of his mobility and what he was able to accomplish at the high school level, um, he, there's, a, there's an upside factor there that I think is really exciting, um, and he's going to get every opportunity to win this job, and I don't think that they'll be afraid to start him if he's the best guy. So if it's vital, I fully understand, and that means he's had a good camp too, but I just think the upside with, with Lewis is as excited as we've been at the quarterback position for a long time. All right. Yeah, I was interested to see when you said you were going to take a quarterback what you'd go with there. Um, and, and this is no offense to Tyler Lytle and his wonderful arm, but now I don't have to draft a quarterback for a while, so I'm going to fill in some other gaps. Um, and, okay, tough call here. I am going to go with Marvin Ham as my other inside linebacker. Okay. He registered last year, pretty highly regarded coming out of Michigan, turning down Boston College to join the Buffs. And uh, Van Deest and and Ham, I think, will play well together. Obviously, they don't have the experience as your group. But uh, I I would be excited to watch those guys out in the spring game setting to kind of see where they're at in their progression. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because Ham was a guy that had a lot of hype coming in as a guy who could play right away, and then he redshirted. I think people were maybe a little bit surprised by that. Um, He was a guy that I was pretty excited about coming out of high school. So it would be interesting to see him actually get on the field um, I'm going to finish up my outside linebacker crew with Josh Allen. That was going to be who I was going to pick. That's a good pick. 
came in uh, with a lot of raw tools, and hopefully he's kind of gotten the mental side of the game down a little bit. Was there anything that prompted you to take him uh, with this pick? Uh, I think on special teams, he's a guy who showed some flashes and also in, in some defensive game or down the stretch of the season, he played pretty well in some spots, especially rushing the passer. Um, a guy who was pretty highly regarded, obviously coming out of or as a part of his recruiting class. So a guy who still has some decent upside. Um, just another, just another pass rusher on a team that doesn't have a ton for me. All right. Offensive line is one area that I need a guy. And you're really splitting hairs with a lot of these guys at this point on the offensive line, I feel like. I did like yeah, what I saw from Valentin Sen in the weight room. But Chance Lytle has more experience as a junior. So I think I'm going to go with uh, Chance Lytle here on the offensive line, and that will finish out my offensive line. Okay. Sounds good. So for me, defensive line, who are your four? Because I only have you a three. So let me just make sure I don't take someone you took. On my D-line, I've got Mustafa Johnson, Terrence Lang, Naeem Rodman, and Dante Sparacco. Oh, yeah, Sparacco. Okay, gotcha. All right, so I'm going to have a guy that is definitely going to wow you, but I thought did a good job last year and it's going to basically give me a huge defensive line that doesn't do anything special, but they're going to, sh- they're going to stuff the run. And I thought Janaz Jordan was a guy who didn't put up a ton of actual stats last year, but when he was on the field, was it seemed like to be a guy he was always stout at the line of scrimmage. So to me, he's going to be my fourth defensive lineman. Provide some. Time. All right. Yeah, you used the word stout, and that is definitely a good word to describe your defensive line group here, which is not a bad strategy because you've got really good linebackers. So you're kind of – you just hope those defensive linemen eat up blockers and those other guys make play. I would imagine that was part of the strategy here. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, I I will say you took Lang earlier than I thought. Originally, Lang was a guy that I was targeting. Okay. At outside linebacker, there's three guys for me to choose from here. Jamara Montgomery, Joshka Gustav, and Alvin Williams. I really like Alvin Williams as a true freshman coming in, but... I got to give the edge to Jamar Montgomery. Just we've saw we saw that learning this defensive scheme takes some time, and so Jamar Montgomery, who was in the system for a while, I'm going to pair him with Guy Thomas as a newcomer, and uh, hope those guys uh, can make a few plays on the edge. Yeah, hard to argue with that one there for sure. All right, so I'm starting to fill up holes on my roster at this point. So just basically, I'm forced into these positions. Um, I'm going to take Valentin Sen as my final offensive lineman. I'm interested. He looks like a beast physically. Uh, It will be whenever they get back to practice, and it will be fun to kind of watch where his development's at. Yep. Yeah, and a guy who looks um, strong on an athleticism standpoint as well. At receiver, I'm going to take somebody who – you know, talent-wise, maybe should have gotten dropped a little bit earlier, but I, I could wait on the wide receivers. And uh, now that he's healthy, he has some big moments in that Nebraska game. Jalen Jackson, not a guy that a lot of people are talking about, but I like putting him out there as part of my receivers group here. Yeah, a guy who definitely uh, shows some athleticism. I think health is just the biggest concern for me. In terms of right, so a guy that you root for, he's certain he's certainly way up there. Yeah, so I need a quarterback running back in corner. And you have everything, I believe, filled except for safety, which is uh, yet to be addressed here. Yep, two safeties is all I got left. Oh, no, and I don't have a tight end, so do we screw something up here? That's No, you're, you're totally right. You need a tight end as well. Okay. All right, yeah. So um, Jalen Stryker will be my next pick. He played cornerback at the JC level, but – showed up around 200 pounds, did well in the weight room, and so I don't think there's any question he's going to have to play on the back end of that secondary. What made him be the, the next safety off the board for you? For uh, again, I think it's just upside. Upside, A guy who had some other options coming out of junior college. I like his versatility, a guy that can probably play some special teams as well. I think with having Luckett and him together, you can kind of mix and match some things maybe confuse some offenses a little bit because those are guys that you can push back and forth if you need. Well, I don't want to be disrespectful towards Tyler Lytle. He needs to come off the board uh, and uh, 
it would have been fun to watch the Lytle-Lewis matchup because I think they both have pretty decent teams around them. And uh, that's the one thing that uh, we're just going to have to keep waiting to, to wait for that quarterback competition to start. But people want to write off Tyler Lytle because he's not new. He's been in the program for a while. But, uh, you know, had he gone into a game preparing all week to be a starter, I think he would have shown a few more things than he did. I think it's, what, six passes he's attempting college. So anxious to see what he's Yeah, I mean, it's always like tough here. to – always always tough to walk onto the field and play when you're cold. So that's, I, you definitely can't judge him too much on that, I wouldn't say. All right. Are you going tight end right, or so safety here, Tyler? Two picks, yeah, two picks left. So Isaiah Lewis is going to be my other safety, which certainly isn't going to excite the masses, I'm sure. Um, but a guy that, again, does have some contributions on special teams, and he's been in the program for a while as a, you know, he's like a steadying hand. So, Definitely not the strongest safety duo ever, but um, I, I do think that safety is definitely a concern for the team in general, so that was kind of my approach there. I'm going to go take a cornerback here. I like him following this late in the draft. Makai Blackman, who has been a ball hawk in practice, got hurt early last year, had to go in for surgery, was able to retain his redshirt. So KJ Trujillo, Makai Blackman, Darian Rakestraw, and Mark Perry, as my secondary is maybe the, one of the strengths of my team. Uh, I, I do like a lot of what you have in terms of soundness defensively, and your linebackers are really stacked. Uh, but I, I feel like my cornerbacks can compete there. Yeah, I would agree. All right, and so the last pick for me is someone that I don't have a choice. There's only two tight ends <laughs> listed. <laughs> so uh, Luke Stilwell, who looks like a guy who should be on a ball movie. Um, hopefully, you know, it's kind of interesting. We haven't seen much about him. It's a weird arrival here. We haven't heard much about how he's going to fit in, but a guy that seems versatile and he's definitely an athlete. Uh, so who knows? Maybe he'll surprise and improve my roster here. But yeah, Luke Stillwell is my final pick. All right. And, uh, now going to running back, I am going to take Joe Davis, who is, Probably not going to get a ton of carries. I think Fontenot is going to carry the load for us, but he can be a guy that, that can uh, be a smart football player out there and, and handle a few carries here and there. So that's that's uh, the end of the draft here. How do you like the way your squad came together? Um, I definitely like the way that some things came together. Uh, I, I definitely hurt myself at safety and D-end. Um, you, you took guys that I was going to take right before that twice, so – Nicely done by your by you there, um, but I do feel like I have a lot of cornerstone pieces and a lot of upside, so um, I feel pretty good overall. I like your offensive line group. That's one that stands out when I look at it. And then obviously, your O line and your linebackers clearly is pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. Linebackers, and the funny thing I is, you spent all this time good. putting together these teams and. There might be just a preference from somebody with a quarterback, and that could be kind of the deciding vote between our two squads, yeah. whether right, somebody yeah. just kind of, is enamored with the excitement of the true freshman versus uh, Tyler Lyle being the assistant true. for a few years. Yeah, I, uh, it'll be interesting because that, that it wasn't really why I took Brendan Lewis, but it wouldn't surprise me if a bunch of people are just like, oh, he's got Brendan Lewis on the team. That's who I'm voting for. I hope that doesn't happen, but I could in hindsight yeah. see that happening because there is so much excitement around him being on campus. So we'll throw it out to people to vote on this, but how would we do a, a simulation? I don't know. I have no idea how to do that kind of stuff. We need to ask one of the younger people. Yeah, if anybody how, listening how you to this has any idea how to do that, could you that do it? Fun. Could you do it on uh, on maybe like an NCAA game where you put all the guys in on a roster or something? I could, but they haven't made that game in a long time, right? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not a gamer, so I don't know. Even the, Somebody even help the us coronavirus out. pandemic is not pushing into video games at all, Tyler? Yeah, I got to – no, it hasn't. Unfortunately, I grew up without them. So <laughs> I, uh, I I never never really got into them too much. I feel like I need to – let's see, who's your wide receivers? KD, yeah, see, KD, Daniel Arias, and Jalen Jackson, a lot of burners. My safeties are going to have a long day. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I don't know. With with that stout defensive line and Carson Wells and Dave Lemon and Akil Jones, you, you might have a chance to 
get after Tyler Light will make him a little uncomfortable back there. Yes, I would agree with that. We're going to do a lot of play action with Fontenot. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, think, I don't think Tyler, Tyler Light is going to get a whole ton of time back in the pocket, so we've got to be a little bit creative here. Tyler, have you uh, and your fiance gotten into any new TV shows, any movies? How are you guys keeping sane during the weekdays when Blake Street uh, Tavern we're both, is... We're, uh, both learn- we're, uh, we're learning Spanish, so that's cool. I'm enjoying doing that, doing Duolingo on my phone. Uh, definitely definitely some TV shows and some movies as well. Uh, we're about to start Ozark Season 3. I'm currently working on Narcos Mexico. Uh, let's see. Uh, Westworld, i got to get to that. Season 3 as well. I haven't gotten to that yet. Um, you know, a lot of the dumb Bravo TV that girls like. I've been spending a lot of my time with that. Quarantined with my fiance. Have you gotten as well. into The Good Place at all on Netflix? No. I highly recommend it. Especially, it's a show that you and Amy will probably both think is funny. Yeah. Okay. So it's good. Uh, Tiger King, obviously, that it was arguably the greatest one night of television I've ever seen in my entire life. See, we had to face it out. That was a lot of craziness to try to binge watch. Oh my god, man! It was. (laughs) That's what a ridiculous show. I still can't comprehend. I think they're going to come out with another show, right? With more interviews. Yeah, I think they did. I think I haven't seen that yet. Came out with it. Oh man, exciting stuff! Yeah, we're going crazy out here in this world, man. It's rough. It's all good. So I got to ask, at the end of that show, did you did you feel bad at all for Joe Exotic? Did I feel bad for him? That he's behind bars. I mean, I guess that he was the only one that really had a lot of. Yes, the fact that he's the only one that's in jail, I do feel bad about that. I don't know if I would say I feel bad about for him necessarily. (laughs) Like he certainly did tons of things to earn his way there. Um. But, no yeah, doubt. he's not the worst person on the show. I'll say that. <laughs> Carol Baskin there a, did it. There, there was no good person on the show. No. That is why it was so entertaining. It went from really <laughs> bad to hilariously bad. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps up this show, Tyler. Hopefully we get you on the show. Uh, one idea I had for a show that I think would be fun, do a Colorado sports jeopardy show. I think that would be fun. <laughs> nice. Let's do it. I'm, I'm down for all ideas, man. I'm, I'm definitely itching. We, uh, it's been a while since I've done a podcast, which it's been a long time since I've gone this long without talking about CU or any other sports related thing. So I appreciate you for having me on. It's been, uh, nice to get back in the flow. Awesome. Well, yeah, I really appreciate you for, for taking the time out or, I guess, yeah, taking a break from, from Netflix here. Uh, we're going to keep trying taking to work a on break the audio from a break. like this. It's a different, yeah, break from a break. We're going to keep trying to figure out how to streamline this. Obviously, it's not ideal. We like to set up our equipment, be in the same room as each other. So, uh, But it, it was great to catch up with you, Tyler. Keep hanging in there. All the best to you and Chris there at Blake Street Tavern. And maybe this weekend I'll be back down for, for another takeout order. You guys uh, – have quite the menu there and uh, definitely kept us well fed the last time we went down there. Yeah. Thanks, man. I appreciate all the support. And I just do have to say there's been a lot of people out in Buff Nation who have been super supportive of us at Blake street. And I just want you guys to know that we really appreciate it. Um, and it's not, not for nothing. You guys are doing amazing work out there and you guys deserve to know that. Awesome. Thanks again, Tyler. And thanks to all of you for tuning in. Make sure you go on the inside the herd message board and vote for whichever team you you think would win the spring game if it was based on how we drafted these teams. Again, thanks for tuning in.